Hey, what's up, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The One Man Show. I'm your host, Kay Salozzi. Hey, guys, how's it going today? Hope everybody's doing well. It's a beautiful day out here in Corvallis, Oregon, and uh, I'm just here kind of to talk to you a little bit more about, about me and kind of this episode, uh, kind of talk about where I came from. I know last episode I said I kind of would talk to you guys about how I made it to Oregon State University, but actually I'm going to wait for that for the third episode, and on this episode what I'm going to try to do is kind of talk to you about my path or the route that I've taken to get to the state of Oregon itself, not just Oregon State University, but the state of Oregon. And let me tell you, it's a wild one. So brace yourself, buckle up, get ready, and cause it's, we, we're going to travel the world here in a minute. Um, so it all began in 1996. No, <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing. Uh, so I was born and raised in Dallas, Texas, and I was uh, born to mother, Kara Murphy, and uh, my father, Cala Delosi, who my mom's from Bend, Oregon, and my dad is from Amman, Jordan, overseas. So, you know, I'm, I'm multicultural, multiracial, half and half. And uh, but I spent my, you know, my birth and infancy and, and early childhood in uh, in Dallas, Texas. And, you know, I lived there for quite some time. Uh, you know, I lived there all the way up until uh, let's see, I was born in 87. So I was, you know, I lived there until about 1995, you know, normal, typical, you know, average American in a house, you know, uh, I have uh, one sister and I have uh, a brother and, uh, you know, just living normal and everything. And then uh, finally, one day in, in 95, my dad decided that it was time for us to go back to Jordan for at least a visit because, uh, you know, we hadn't gone there. Um, we had we had seen some of his relatives some of my relatives, I guess I could say, and, uh, you know, coming and visiting and whatnot. But we, we never really spent time there there in Jordan. And, you know, I had never met my grandmother, never met some of my uncles and my cousins and whatnot. And so he decided for us to take a trip and that we were going to actually move to Jordan. And uh, see, my dad, he's an OSU alum and he's an engineer and he basically worked in the field of his degree for a few years. And then he, you know, he decided that, you know, he wanted to be his own boss. So he would start companies uh, start him up, make him, you know, pretty successful, and then he'd sell him off. And so he was doing so good at that here in the U.S. that he was like, hey, why can't I do that in, in Jordan? Well, I might as well go to I'm on Jordan and do the same thing. And so that's why in, in 95 he decided for all of us to go back there and, and move, and he was going to start up businesses and then sell them and, and kind of just keep doing that same thing. And so he put me and my sister and my mom on a plane, and we flew out to Jordan. Boom, from Dallas, Texas to Amman, Jordan. Uh, I, was, I was young. You know, I was eight years old. I uh, didn't know anything uh, about the Arabic language. I mean, I knew a few things, you know, um, you know some of the, the, you know, verses of the Quran, and I knew just a few things. But right, uh, like, on our way to the airport, my dad was like, hey, listen, you know, you need to memorize at least two, two, of, these, two of these words. And he said, memorize how to say, which means, how you doing? And assalamu alaikum. And so he's like, you know, if you got those down, you'll be good. He's like, first tell somebody assalamu alaikum or tell them kev halak and, and you'll be good, at least for the first two weeks. So, boom, we landed on Mount Jordan. It, it was crazy to me. I, everything is different. You know, nothing was the same. Absolutely nothing. 
every, you know, it's it's crazy to think about, like, you know, you say, oh, well, you know, how different can, can it be? Uh, trust me, different, you know, and, you know, people say to me, like, oh, like, is it like, you know, uh, super like, you know, no, nah, it's not like, you know, we're out there in the desert and stuff like that, you know, it, we're, we're out, you know, it's cities and stuff like that, but it's like a combination of like, Europe with a, with a Middle Eastern twist to it, you know that that's kind of how I the best way I could describe it. And so when I got there, everything was the, the street signs, the street lights, the streets, the cars. There was there was brand names of cars that I didn't. I've always been a car lover, even when I was a young kid. So I kind of really paid attention to the different types of cars. And there was cars out there that I didn't even know how to pronounce. And they're, you know they're European cars or they're like Russian made cars or you know some of the some of the stuff that we don't really see here in the United States. Anyways. We finally get home, and I meet my grandma for the first time, and it was amazing. And you know, I, uh, I, I, I miss her till today. But you know, I saw my uncles, and we met everybody, and and, and I remember like just seeing so many people being so overwhelmed and, and I didn't know who lived at this house and who was just visiting and, and everybody was trying to come up and talk to me and they were, they were talking to me in Arabic and I was like, man, I don't know what's going on, you know? And um, I had one uncle who lived in the U S um, at for like 10 years and he spoke a little bit of English. And so I was able to, you know, kind of ask him like, Hey, what'd this person say? But you know, he was a grown adult at the time and I was a kid. And so, you know, I asked him so many times, but you know, he was busy. He's busy entertaining the guests that were coming to see us and, and whatnot. And so <laughs> the funny thing is, is that I remembered, I was like, okay, well, I got that, that phrase Kef Halak or, or how you doing down. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to use that anytime somebody comes talks to me. So, so people would come up to me and in Arabic, they would say, Oh, Hey, your case, son of Khalid, how are you? Uh, and, and I would just look at them and I would just be like, Kev Halik. And that, you know, I'll just be like, how you doing? And they would look at me and they'd be like, Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's so nice to meet you. And they were, tell, they were saying this in Arabic, of course. And I'd be like, I'd look at them like, uh, you know, and they'd be like, listen, you know, I'm so excited to meet you. You got to come and make, you know, we got to, you know, make like a play date and you got to come and sit with my kids and hang out with my kids. And, and they're telling me this in Arabic. And, and so what do you think? What do you think? You want to come over and have dinner at my house sometime? And I'd look at them and I'd be like, Kev <laughs> Halak. And, and they would look at me like. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. But, but no, seriously, you got to come over to my house and, and, and how's your dad doing? Is he doing good? When's he coming to, to Jordan? And you got, you, you got to come by and this and that. And, and they were like, you know, when's he coming? And I'd look at them and I'd be like, Kev Halleck. <laughs> Man, let me tell you for an entire week, all I said was Kev Halleck. I was Mr. Kev Halleck there. It was, it was a, it was a crazy first week. I, I, it was so impactful that even when I was eight years old, you know, I'm, I'm 32 now, I still remember it. I still remember that whole, that whole first week, and so so the whole summer we're we're on these these grand touristic sites, and I had a couple of uh, great uncles that were high members in the government. One was a governor, so we were getting like these all access behind the you know places. We we were able to go places where people weren't able to like the the, the public wasn't weren't allowed in. And so we just, it, it was just so much fun, right? Because it was like, not only were we seeing these amazing places that you only see on TV, and back then, you know, there was really no internet. I mean, there was, but we didn't have it. Uh, you know, we'd only see commercials or we'd hear about it or, or read it in National Geographic books. And here I am in this ancient Roman city of Jerush, or I'm in this ancient Roman, uh, I'm sorry, ancient Byzantine city of Petra. 
or I'm in the Dead Sea, or I'm in Aqaba, the, you know, where the Red Sea is at, where all these, you know, protected, unique type of fish are. And I mean, let me tell you something. It was amazing. Okay, so so all that was said and done, you know, the summer was over. Now it was time for us to actually live there. Well, at this time, by this time, my dad had, you know, sold everything and, and flew over back to Jordan. And he's now living with us and we're all trying to figure stuff out. Well, you know, 95 in Jordan is like 1978 in America. You know, the times now when you go to Jordan in the Middle East, you know, with technology and, and phone and Internet, you know, they're speeding up when it comes to having the same things and same types of restaurants and same, you know, same, same, you know, ba basically the same things that we have here in the U.S. Just they look different. You know, I mean, other than, you know, your mainstream, you know, Coca-Cola, you know, McDonald's. When I went, there wasn't even a McDonald's. It was like a whole nother world. Right. And so when my dad came and he started to try to start up his businesses, like things weren't working and going to plan because some of the people didn't know or the, the, you know, how to basic, I don't want to say how to handle these products that my dad was or businesses that my dad was building, but there wasn't a need for it. And so it was just a little bit difficult for my dad to do, but you know, that's why I love my dad. That's what I, what I've taken from my dad is that he's consistent. He tries and tries and tries until there's no other option left. And so he kept trying. And during that time, uh, you know, I was having to start school. Well, at the time they didn't really have a lot of English speaking schools. And so, you know, my parents were like, you know what? He case is young enough to where he could just go to a school a public school, all in Arabic, and, you know, he'll learn. You know, he's young enough to where he'll adapt and he'll learn. And so it was kind of scary, you know. So we go into this school, and we go and we sit with the principal who's dressed in this really nice suit, and, you know, and, and we had this meeting set up, so I don't know if he was trying to impress my dad or what. But basically we're sitting there, and they're all talking in Arabic. I have no idea what's going on. They're all talking in Arabic and, and doing their thing, and I'm over here just sitting just like, twiddling my thumbs like is this really where I'm gonna go now you know I mean it, it didn't look like a public school here in the U.S. you know it was a little bit uh as we as I would like to put it less funded okay but you know, it was a school whatever you know I was down for a new experience and, and and you know trying to make some new friends and so we're sitting there and this kid comes in and he like barges in the door and he like yells out something in Arabic at the time I had no idea what he said and the principal like shouted something back and the kid left Oh, whatever. Okay. So like five minutes later, here comes another kid, you know, and when I mean, when I say kid, I mean like, you know, fifth, sixth, maybe even seventh grade. And, and he comes in and the principal stands up, straightens his suit out, walks over to the kid who was like by the door. Cause this is, we're in the, the principal's office. Right. And me and my dad and my uncle are sitting side by side on, on, you know, in these chairs and he walks over to the kid and he puts his finger in his face and he says something and he's saying something and I'm looking like, OK, obviously you can tell I could tell that this kid was in trouble for something. I didn't know what he was in trouble for, but I could tell he was in trouble for something. And next thing I know, this principal smacks this kid so hard in the face and didn't even stop there. He smacks him in the face and the kid like like falls back. And and the, the the principal grabbed him and then like smacked him again and then the and then he like kneed him in the stomach, 
And, and the kid like doubled over and he like elbowed him in the back and he's like yelling and screaming at him and he's doing this in front of me. And, you know, I'm coming from America where, you know, teachers don't touch kids, you know? I mean, shit, my parents never even hit me. My parents just grounded me from video games and Super Nintendo at the time. I never, I don't even recall a time when my parents hit me. And this principal is beating the crap out of this kid. And I immediately got scared. And I look over to my dad and I said, Dad, what's going on? And my dad tried to, like, calm the principal down. And so the kid left and the principal sat down and he explained. I guess he explained to my dad what had happened. And I guess the kid had said something like he cursed the the person's mother on the bus and you know over there cursing at one's mother or cursing at a family member is is, you know is is just as bad here as saying like the f word or something like that I guess and I didn't think that it was worth all that right and so what ended up happening was is I told my dad said dad I'm not going to school here like you can enroll me but I, I, I'm not leaving the house. Like, I can't even, at a, as an eight-year-old, and I was a pretty good kid, as eight, I couldn't even trust myself to not, you know, be naughty once in a while. I mean, that's what us kids do. You know, we test the waters. We, we push the limits. And I was going to expect to, and this is what I was going to expect to get if I got in trouble. <laughs> so my dad even felt it. He was like, man, you, I, you don't have to go here. So I, we spent the whole, I spent the whole third grade being homeschooled. In Jordan, with American textbooks that my um, my American grandparents sent to my mom. So finally, after my dad had finally tried all his options, he's like, you know what? This isn't working. Let's all move back to Texas, and we'll just start working and doing my thing back over there. So in 96, you know, a year later, we moved back to Texas. And 96, 97, 98, 99, we're living in Texas. And every summer, I'd go back to Jordan. Just for a visit, just for a summer, va- like, uh, I guess a summer vacation, you could call it. But it was really just kind of like developing my Arabic skills, understanding the culture and traditions and, you know, just being around my family, you know, uh, on that side. And so in 1999, my dad decided, OK, you know what? We're going to try this again. Times are a little bit different. You know, at this point now we have, you know, um, a need in Jordan for English and so my mom took a civil service exam and ended up getting a job at the U.S. Embassy teaching uh, Arabic uh, Jordanian nationals how to use political terminology. And uh, so a few, uh, so as she was like, so it was like a language center, right? And so she was teaching these terms to Jordanian nationals, and and she ended up getting a, another teaching job at Modern American School, and then she went back to. Um, the embassy job, but during the time that she got a job in the school, which was the school that I ended up going to because we tried again going to a semi, now now in 99, 2000, we start, Jordan started to have schools that taught English, okay? And so when we were going around looking for schools for me to enroll in, me and my sister, we found this one school that was nearby where we lived and they taught, when we went there, they told us that they taught you know, um, math, science, English, and English. And then all I had to take in Arabic was Arabic and history and social studies. So I was like, you know, I I can manage that. You know what I mean? I'm doing, you know, half in English and the other half in Arabic, and it'll benefit me in the long run. Well, turns out not only did I have to take those classes 
in English, but I also had to take the same classes in Arabic. So it wasn't working for me. I went back to my parents. I said, listen, I can't do this. I said, I'm over here. I literally would, would walk to cousin's house across my hometown. Okay. Walk there or take a cab, depending on how far they were and find somebody who knew English, who was willing to tutor and tutor for free. So like, and, and, and knew, had enough knowledge about that subject who could, you know, so, I mean, the, the, it was just like slim pickings. Like I couldn't find anybody. And, and the people that I did find, you know, it was fine the first time, second time. Oh yeah, we'll help them out. Yeah, of course the guys really, but you know, I'm, I'm needing their help two, three times a week. And people started getting tired of it. And I understand it. It's, it's tough to tutor and you have to translate and, you know, and you got to explain it to me and break it down. Not only do you have to translate and break it down in English to me, but then you have to break down the subject matter and kind of teach it to me. You know, and so it was it was a bit of a challenge. I'm not going to lie. And I was like a college student in the seventh grade trying to just understand what are in these books. At this point, I could speak Arabic, but I couldn't read and write at that high of a level and so it was just because arabic has this traditional and modern way of so you speak it one way and then you read and write it in another and so i learned it the way you would talk to people back and forth and then you know i i i, I had to like learn like almost a whole new language it, reading and writing it so i finally went to my mom i said listen can you talk to the people at this modern American school where you have a job at and see if they can't give you a discount that I could go there? Because it, it was a private high school and it was expensive at the time. In in 2000, let's see, I went there, I got enrolled there in 2001. In 2001? Yeah, 2000 or 2001 in, in, in the seventh grade. I went there halfway. Yeah, so it was two, that was January of 2001. And uh, I, 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 or 2000, I'm sorry. It cost the average student... Five thousand dollars. There's three thousand five hundred Jordanian dinars, and so it was five grand dollars for one semester. I mean, you know, we weren't poor, but we weren't we weren't rich like that. And it was me and my sister. So that was twenty thousand dollars in two thousand, the year two thousand, a year for me and my sister. It was it was it wasn't doable. But my mom's super smart. And so she ended up getting a full time. She left the embassy, got a full time job at the school and they gave her almost a 75 percent discount for both me and my sister. So it was manageable. We were instead of paying twenty thousand a year, we were paying, you know, twenty five percent of that for the both of us. And then, so, you know, I did seventh grade and eighth grade. And then in ninth grade, I went back to the United States to visit twice in six years. Okay. So the first summer from the ninth, 10th grade, have fun, came back 10th grade, same thing. Now prices were getting a little bit more expensive and my mom was getting offered a job to come back to the embassy and teach the Jordanian national. She was such a good teacher that they, they offered her a job, but yes, the pay per month was more, but she wasn't going to get that discount. And me and my sister still had two, three years left. So what she did was she said, listen, how about I get you guys accredited so that when someone graduates from your school, you can go to Canada, the UK, Australia, uh, the United States, and your students can go to colleges there without having to jump through all kinds of stuff to get the equivalency to the high school diploma. If I get you guys accredited, like help 
put a, a committee together and, and oversee the whole project. And then once your students graduate, they don't have to go and take the TOEFL test. They don't have to take the eyelids. They don't have to do anything. All they have to do is just take SAT two exams and they, if they and, 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 and apply to a university in America. And so she did that. And they were so grateful for that because it was such a, a marketing tactic that they used to tell people that they were like, your kids will have, you can, if you, even if you leave, your kids will still have a super big discount like you were working here. So it was great. Like my mom figured it out and, and, and we made it happen. And so boom, from seventh grade all the way to uh, the 12th grade, I was in Jordan, visited the U.S. twice, could not wait to come back. Okay. I love Jordan. I love my cousins. At first I had a hard time and my mom was like, listen, you know, all I hear is you telling me how different it is and how Jordan doesn't have this or Jordan doesn't have that. She's like, the minute you start looking at the, the positives that Jordan has to offer is the minute that you're going to have a lot of fun. And so I was like, you know, at first I was like, whatever, you know, but then I was like, man, I got to try it at least, at least try that tactic to see. And so I did. And as soon as I tried, tried that, I had great, I had, a, had an amazing time. Uh, I would, you know, I lived with my family and I would hang out with my cousins and I had friends from my school and, you know, I joined the basketball team and I was just super, super you know, I, I respected everybody and, and was so nice to everybody that, you know, I was well, well liked in the high school. So it turned out to be a great experience, but I still wanted to come back to the United States. I just, I love it here in the U.S. We have things that, you know, nowhere else has. We have it so good here. And thing is, sometimes it just takes somebody or sometimes it takes one of us to travel to see what other places have to offer to say, oh, my gosh, you know what? Here in the U.S., man, we got it good, you know, and all ages and, and, and everywhere you go is going to be tough to live, you know, wherever you go, even here in the U.S. And one of the greatest in the greatest country, not one of the greatest, the greatest country in the world to live in There's still you face challenges, but I guess that's life, you know, that's life. And that's what builds character. And that's what makes us the men and women that we grow to be. And so I came back, I got accepted to University of North Texas, uh, Ohio State University and University of Toronto. But I picked the University of North Texas because uh, I, my parents were paying uh, or they were filing, you know, their taxes still, even when they were living in a foreign country. And so when I came back to Texas, I was able to get in-state tuition. So I came back, I got enrolled into university, and i <laughs> that's a whole nother episode about the university there, okay? So I'm going to leave that to next, next episode, next week, to talk about how I jumped through universities to get here to Oregon State. Um, so I went to university over there, and then, you know, things necessarily didn't necessarily work, and I had to work, and, and you know, it, it was just, it, I, I wasn't making the best decisions, Let's put it like that. And I'll go into more depth about it next week. I wasn't making the best decisions. And so my brother lived up here at the time. And so I finally decided. And so so back it up a little bit. I left Jordan in 2005. Got accepted into university. Like I said, you know, had some, uh, you know, <laughs> problem decision making. And, you know, the, the biggest thing what it was is that, you know, I would see America on TV. And so when I came actually to live in the U.S., you know, I thought I was going to get off the plane. And as soon as I stepped foot in America, it was going to be like just this huge party. Right. And, it, you know, it wasn't like that. And and, you know, I kind of had to learn that the hard way. So four years later, I'm like, you know what? I need I need a fresh start. 
I need to, you know, gather my thoughts and figure things out. And so my brother lived up here in Oregon, and he was worked at the federal prison. And so I went to uh, live with him for a little bit, and I lived with him for a good, I don't know, year or so, maybe less, a little bit more. And uh, finally went back to Jordan for a summer vacation. And, and, and like I said, like, so, so you remember how I was going back and forth to from America to Jordan? Well, now when I was in college, I would go every summer back to Jordan and visit my mom and dad and because every, everybody stayed in Jordan except me. I'm the only one that moved back. And before we even moved there, my, my oldest brother was already here. He just never moved back with us. He was old enough to stay here and do his own thing on his own. And so what ended up happening was, is, um, you know, I moved up here and stayed with him for about a year or so. And then I moved back to Jordan and I came back and I told my brother, I said, you know, I appreciate everything you've done. And, you know, they really, you know, he helped out a lot. You know, I didn't have to pay any rent and, you know, he helped me transition. He even flew down to Texas. And when he came down to Texas, me and him drove back up to Jordan or um, <laughs> to Oregon and, uh, you know, he helped out every and any way that he could. And so it was time for me to kind of venture out on my own and do my own thing. And, and so I moved to Salem, big mistake, but uh, I, I moved to Salem and I, you know, kind of lived there and I worked for a while while I tried to get things taken care of. And, uh, you know, it, it was, it, it was all right, but you know, that's a whole nother episode too. And so then finally, um, I ended up, you know, just moving around in Salem, and then I moved, uh, I moved, I finally was like, you know what, okay, in 2012, I was like, I'm done, I'm done figuring stuff out, I moved to Corvallis, I put all my eggs in one basket, I moved to Corvallis, I sold my car so that I could pay off some of the stuff that I owed University of North Texas so that I can get enrolled in uh, Oregon State University. Well, it, it 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 happened that way. Everything was great, but when I got here, almost eighty percent of the stuff that I took in Texas did not transfer. So I had to start from the beginning. And so they advised me to do the dual enrollment program, which I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with or have done. And I did it part time, which took me forever. And then there was terms. I had two kids, so there was terms where I took off so I could be around with my family. And and uh, then there was summer vacations where my family came from Jordan to visit, and they kind of extended it into the term. So I kind of postponed that. So it took a while. And so, but here we are in 2019. I'm a junior, almost a senior, ready to graduate, and uh, talking to you guys about, uh, you know, my life. And so that's about it. That's how I made it. So I, you know, started in Texas to wrap this up. I started in Texas, went to Jordan, didn't work out, came back to Texas, lived there till I was about 10, 11, 12, maybe. Uh, we moved back to Jordan. And then one day I moved to Jordan. We stayed there for six years. I moved back by myself to back to Texas for four years. And then in 2009, end of 2009 decided to move up to Oregon with my brother and then I moved around a little bit went to Salem I lived in Lebanon for a little bit and and now uh, here I am in good old beautiful Corvallis Oregon I love it here I love the people every time I go back to Texas for a visit to see my aunt or my family I'm like you know what at first it was tough because it's such a small town and, you know, and I'm used to Dallas, Texas, and I'm on Jordan where there's millions of people and 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 just businesses and, and stuff to do everywhere. But every time I leave and I, I say to myself, man, 
Corvallis has really grown on me. I absolutely love it in Corvallis. The weather, yeah, it's, you know, I love the rain. I've always prayed that I could be in a place where it, it rained five days of the week and sunny two days of the week. And here I am. Got my my prayer answered. So to, to wrap it up, that's it. That's where this that was my travels. That's where how I made it up here to Oregon. That's how I got here. And uh, next episode, next week, I'll be talking to you guys about how I went from University of North Texas and got enrolled here at to Oregon State University. And uh, I uh, am enjoying doing all this. One more time, big shout out to Orange Media Network, Garrett, Amir, everybody here behind the scenes doing what they have to do. Uh, love it here. Keep believing in yourself, and I'll see you next week.